Nigel, thank you for your warm welcome. <laughs> Much appreciated. And I just want to thank you for giving up your valuable time in uh, coming this morning. Um, I do have some handouts. And uh, we will work through these uh, as it's placed. So if you can try and not turn the pages. <laughs> can I just say, um, God gives us different giftings. And um, I realised once I printed these off that proofreading wasn't one of mine. <laughs> so I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll run a little competition for those that can notice some mistakes. And I thought, no, that could get quite expensive when I started looking. So I would like you to uh, abound grace. And where you notice a spelling mistake, just alter it or bring it in. Okay, so like I say, we will work through it. The, the, the danger in me giving these out now is you, I, you, I totally lose you all and you go to page and page. page. So... Um, We'll try and keep to the, uh, to the handout. But, you know, God is a, a gracious God. And he gives gracious gifts. And uh, he's been gracious enough to give me the gift uh, of prophecy. And uh, I've been around many people, those that Nigel was uh, alluding to earlier, who I've seen mightily move in the prophetic. And we've been to places like Toronto, and I've been, we went to Kansas to the International House of Prayer last October. Uh, and even people within this country, a lady called uh, Kerry Southview, we had when we were in Rugeley, who I see mightily move in the prophetic. And uh, I thank God for them. You know, we thank God that God moves in these people, in the gifts that they have. But, you know, what I want this morning to be about is about all you. And this afternoon, about you sitting here. And I sense the expectancy, and God loves the expectancy and desire in people. You know, He comes. Now, some of the things we're going to look at, I know some of you prophetically move out already, so it'd be like taking coals to Newcastle. You know, Paul talks in Timothy, and we'll see in a minute, that actually he says, fan into flame the gifts of God. And you know, we can never have enough of that fanning of the flame. In each one of us today, there is a coal of prophecy. You know, and God either wants to ignite that, but maybe wants to fan it into flame. And I have a real passion, a real desire to see people moving out in the prophetic. That's why I do these little humble things before the Lord, because my desire is to see you all grow and released and sharing the little that, that God has done with me. But I do value what he has done with me. And I want us to come away today understanding principles a bit better. Because actually, if we understand principles, they act as a safety net. They act as that which can help us to grow in the prophetic. And we will give examples, and I will share examples. But I don't want examples to become the how-tos. You know, it's very easy to think this is how we do something. And... The hands out, some of it is my stuff, some of it I give acknowledgements because obviously there are guys who are much more experienced than I am. And why reinvent the wheel? Because God has used these guys mightily. So if we're growing and if we're spending time with God in our devotional lives, you know, if we're Bible studying, quiet times, prayer life, that only doesn't benefit our relationship with God. It also leads to confidence in stepping out in the gifts that he gives us, actually. And one of those gifts is the prophetic. But to hear from God requires us to spend time with God. 
And we need to remember from the outset, actually, it is a gift of God. Prophecy is a gift of God. It's not something we have. It's something that God freely gives to us. But you know, many people, it's an area where many people don't step out in. Now, maybe they don't have confidence to step out in that. Maybe we're unsure that, you know, I'm not sure if that's what I'm actually hearing is from God. You know, we don't want to get it wrong. I can understand that. And we're very good at talking ourselves out. Do you ever have these conversations with yourself? You know, it's like from one side to the other of talking yourself out of why you shouldn't bring this word. You can think of a thousand good reasons why we shouldn't be doing this. And, you know, we don't want to look foolish. And also, we're very good sometimes at listening to the lies of the enemy who says, you couldn't have possibly got here what God has given you. It's not. It's just your own mind making this up. Well, I want to say to you this morning, prophecy is for every single person in this room. And you can say, yeah, Richard, that's all right for you to say that. Or I can look across here and see them and say, oh, yeah, they move out in prophecy. But actually, it's not me that's saying it. It's God has said it. If we look in Joel 2... 28 to 30. God said through Joel, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. You know, prophecy is a gift that we're all encouraged to step out with. But, you know, we're able to step out in that if we have confidence in the guidelines and principles that God has given us. And the more we step out in the prophetic, the more we grow in confidence with God, not with ourselves, but with God in stepping out. And that's what I want to look at this morning is just some principles, some guidelines, some examples that will hopefully help us to to come in confidence with God through the Holy Spirit to stepping out. Then this afternoon, we're just going to do a little practical. Now, I don't want you all getting, I don't want some of you getting nervous and worried about doing the practical now and forgetting what we're going to do here. Because actually, it's not about us. It is a gift of God. And it's the Holy Spirit. Can we have the next slide, please? Fan into flame the gift of God. That's what Paul says in Timothy. So that's what I'm just going to stop and pray now, that God will fan that flame into us. Yeah, I ask, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. And I just want you to come, Lord. Lord, this is your desire to see your gift released throughout the whole of your church. And Lord, I pray, will you fan those coals within us? Lord, if it's an area we already step out in, Lord, come and just let that flame burn brighter. Lord, if it's an area where where we're trepidating about, maybe uneasy about stepping out in, fan that flame in, Lord, I pray. Lord, we want it so that your name is glorified, Father. Lord, so that your name can be proclaimed not only within the body, but within the community and society that we live in, Father. So, Holy Spirit, I say, just come and stir what you're already stirring in this morning. Lord, mix that expectancy with our nerves and just, Lord, come and fan into flame that gift, I ask. And I don't want this morning to become head knowledge Because head knowledge actually doesn't get us anywhere. We need to be stepping out with God. And I say to do that, we need to be spending time with him. So I want to encourage us this morning. Some of the areas we're going to be looking at 
are what is prophecy, how a prophetic word can come, do's and don'ts of prophecy, weighing prophecy, what should prophecy bring to the church, and prophetic evangelism. So I reckon we'd be finished about 11.59 p.m. <laughs> I worked it out about right. But some of these we will touch on. Others we will, we will skim over. But uh, I just want to give you an outline. But what I don't want it just to be is something that you, we sit here and we go through what the sheets that we've produced and then we just go. Because I want you to experience what God wants you to experience. And I want to share from my heart what God has done with me. So let's look at what is prophecy. Okay, the Hebrew word for prophecy is naba, which means to flow, to boil up, or over, to bubble or pour forth, words to gush. Now I'm only taking bits from your sheet, so don't, don't try and follow me in the sheet. They're, the sheets are for you later, so I'm, that's why I'm picking bits out, but to gush. Only in the Old Testament and with the apostles in the New Testament was the authority given to speak and write the very words of God. All other prophecies since, i.e. you and me, is simply speaking merely human words to report something that God brings to mind. But in the New Testament church today, prophecy should minister the words of exhortation, teaching us by example, and confirmation of the word. But as we've looked at already, prophecy is a gift which is able to be used by every single person. Even on my servants, both men and women, said Joel. Well, the Jews regarded servants as the Gentiles, so that is us all incorporated within that. And as we see in the early New Testament church, prophecy is something to be desired. And the importance that God places on prophecy within the church. 1 Corinthians 14 Verse 1 says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And then 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, and in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets. You know, it is a desire and it is an importance which God has put upon the church. We are serving a God of grace and mercy. And we should reflect that in the church today. Prophecy today must exhibit the fruit of the Spirit with all grace and humility. And we must be accountable members of Christ, of the body in that. Living under the authority while acting as team members is not an individual ministry. Prophetic gifting is not an individual ministry. You know, quite often in my travels you come across what I think me and Nigel defirmed this. There's lone rangers in Toronto. When you get people who are actually not accountable to those within churches who go around. And that's not what church is about, as we know. It's about the body of Christ together. And I mentioned earlier about a lady called Kerry Southey. She was a South African um, prophetess. She was an amazing, powerful woman that moved into prophetic. She's gone to be with the Lord now. But, you know, when she came into our church to... Uh, at work her gift, she came in under the leadership of that church. 
And she always had one of us leaders going round with her. And every time she was prophesying, she was saying, is that okay with you? Is that okay with you? So she came under the umbrella of the accountability. And that's how uh, prophecy should be outworked. It's not about lone rangers going in, causing sometimes mayhem, and then leaving the damage that has to be picked up by leaders. So there needs to be that accountability. Because it needs to reflect that grace and humility, the characters of God. And God has ordained that we work this way. So... How a prophetic word can come. Now I've just picked some of these off. Um, it's not that they're any more important than the other ones, but obviously the first one I haven't put up by use of scripture goes without saying. But I'd like to pick on a few and just give some examples. The first is by thoughts and impressions. An example of this is when you're praying for someone, you start to get an impression. It could be anger, it could be pain, uh, anguish. And if this happens, it's a time we should ask God, well, God, what are you saying? And for me, it comes by looking at people. You know, I have to see the face. And sometimes that's how the word comes. So that's my eyes open. I can't do that like that because actually I can't see anyone, believe it or not. (laughs) But by looking at them, suddenly God will give me an impression of a thought that actually God wants me to pray that. Pray this over them. Pray that into them. So that's thoughts and impressions. Secondly, it can come by pictures, by visions, our mind's eye. And it becomes clear as you think about it. And when God gives you a picture, you've got to get over the dismissing part first. Okay? And you do that by keep asking God, Lord, is this of you? Does this, as we will see later, does this tie in with what your character's like? Does this tie in in how you are? But sometimes they start off, it's, they come like a TV with no aerial. It gets a bit fuzzy at first. You can just work out. And we mustn't be too quick in thinking, oh, I know what that means, and sharing it. We must wait until it becomes clear or until a point when we know that that is to give it. Now, for me, quite often, that's an eyes closed because it becomes clearer to me when my eyes are closed and uh, if I'm looking out. And when I'm giving examples, I want to just say again, this is not a how-to For each one, by the Spirit moves, it will be how the Spirit does with you. I just want to encourage you by, actually, when you're getting these things, this may well be God. (laughs) You know, it's not your mind. It's God putting these things into you that he wants you to share. So another way that the prophetic word can come is through things spoken by others. Now, that can be everyday things. I've given the example of Gideon there. But um, an example of that for me, even a few months ago, we were in a prayer meeting and... uh, uh, I was praying with um, Trevor, my father-in-law, and uh, we were just praying, as we do at church prayer meeting, and he suddenly, in his prayer, he said two words. Not at the same time, he said family and mission. And I'd heard those words before, but suddenly it was like they sort of stood out. You know, you get these glasses with the, um, on the boingy springy bits. It's like family was going out there, and vision was coming out here, and I thought, whoa, yeah, and That is what we are now as a church. This is our outworking. We are family on mission together. And Trevor was just praying. It wasn't that he was prophetically, he thought, praying, but actually he was. It suddenly struck me, the words that he was saying was a way that we needed to outwork as a church in the coming months. So it can be everyday things, you know. We're not to walk around in some sort of Holy Spirit lost state out of this world, listening for words. But, you know, just be open. 
It could be the, the lady on the checkout says something to you. It's suddenly ping. <laughs> you know, you take, oh, I'm going to pray about that. Or it could be something you hear on the telly. It Just be open for it to come in the way that the Spirit wants to bring it. Another way is through our circumstances. Now, sometimes our circumstances can be hard. So we have to be very careful how we react to that because that involves emotions and it involves feelings, particularly if it's hard circumstances. But God uses our circumstances to speak to us, to speak to others. Then it's, uh, another example would be through objects, everyday things. So from the sky to the landscape to shops to billboards, names, shoes, keys, rings, anything. Be open to God to speak to you. It could be a name. You could be praying for someone and their name's David. And suddenly God's saying, look, I want you to just really commend them. They're a worshipper like David was a worshipper. Now, if you've got five Davids that you're praying for one after another, that's not a how-to. It's not every David is going to be prayed for like that. So I'm trying just to say that they're not how-tos. They're just examples. Particularly if you've got a Goliath or a Judas in your church, you've got to watch how you bring the words for them because you can't just relate to the name. But just be open for everyday things, the objects that God uses. And for me, it's something I could have seen weeks ago. Suddenly God brings to my mind, well, why are you bringing that pylon to my mind, Lord, or that sign? You know, just be open. And it's not about the object itself. It's about listening to the Holy Spirit outworking that in us. And then the last one I want to use in this was... uh, Growing burden. Sometimes God gives us something into us that actually needs to formulate. It can be a half word. It can be something that is not formed. And we must be very careful, like I said, that we don't rush, that we don't give that too early. I think the longest one I've ever held was something like nine months. And it wasn't every meeting I was going to, was it now, Lord, that I'm to give this word? Was it now that I'm... Actually, I was just in a meeting and suddenly God brought it back to mind, that which I'd got, which actually was the year before. And it was right to bring. So we shouldn't be too slow, but we shouldn't be too quick either in when we're bringing these. So let's look at some do's of prophecy. The do's outweigh the don'ts. Okay. And like again, I'm not going to go through each and every one then because I don't want it just to be... Um, and once we've done do's and don'ts, we'll see if anyone's got any... Um, Uh, questions do earnestly desire the gifts of the holy spirit you know it's not going to happen just by us sitting down waiting for god we need to choose to stand and walk to him in that be open to him we need to be desiring that deeper relationship with him and we need to be spending time with him do obey the urging of the spirit You know, the Holy Spirit isn't going to come and take you over. But he's going to nudge you. And in that nudging, that's when we've got to be obedient to him. That's when we trust and put our faith in him and step forward in that. Do speak clearly and naturally. You know, there's no need for King James English. Thus says the Lord. Well, actually, the Lord's not saying it, you're saying it. And it doesn't add anything to it. Let the Holy Spirit confirm the words that you're bringing. Don't think you have to be this, thus says the Lord that you're going to receive. You know, just say it as you are, because God uses us as we are in our characters. Yes, do speak up. 
<laughs> don't be a Timmy Mouse. Do speak up so people can hear. But we don't have to put this voice on because, you know, if it is from God, he will outwork that. We leave that with him. He will outwork that in the hearts of the people that we're bringing words to. So do be aware of timing. You know, a prophecy that comes at the wrong time in a meeting can sound like a gong and a noise. And, you know, sometimes God gives us something within a meeting that actually isn't for then. It's something that he wants us to pray around and to seek him for. But sometimes in our eagerness, we, we trottle on down to the front and, uh, you know, we're, we, we go and it doesn't fit sometimes. So just be open to the fact that actually it might be something that God wants you to work on with him in that, okay? Then do write down corrective and directional prophecies and leave it with the elders and leaders to weigh, okay? Though your responsibility, once you've received that from God, is to share something like, uh, particularly if it's corrective or directional, and leave it with the elders and trust them for that. You've done your part, as it were. You've, you have... Uh, outplayed what God has asked you to do. Do ask the Holy Spirit who the prophecy is for. You know, sometimes we get these uh, images, pictures, thoughts, impressions, and we're looking round. Now, who, Lord, who are you speaking to? And actually, he's speaking to the person he's given it to, you. So ask the Lord first, is this for me? Is this something I should be doing? If it is, then don't give it publicly because it's not for anyone else other than you. It might be that it's for an individual. If it is for an individual, then be careful because individual prophecies, particularly if we know the person, you know, involves our emotions. And you might be wiser sharing that with your small group leader or the leader of the meeting or your elder. I find sometimes uh, when I'm going through circumstances that are close to my heart that actually I tend to step back because I'm too close, I'm too involved and uh, my emotions and my feelings are running quite high and so I tend to not look or ask the Lord for, for words for that. Maybe when you're in a meeting context the word that God's give you is actually for something in your small group to be outworked. But it might be that it's for the whole church. So before we go trottling down to the front or we, we give it out, just ask God, who is this for? Is it for me? Is it for somebody else? Is it for somebody else I'm closely involved in? Then I need to step back with that. But is it for somebody else? Is it for our small group setting? Is it for the church setting? So do check your motive for bringing the prophecy. You know, we need to make sure that whenever we're bringing something, it is in the love of Christ that we're bringing it. We're not trying to get at someone. You know, someone's upset you, so you're thinking, oh, I, oh, I'm sure this word is about correction for them. You know, they've got this wrong. Well, actually, that's not what prophecy should be about. It should be bringing love and exhortation to the Father. It should always glorify him. So do check the motive. No, that's not every time. I'm just giving general situations where we might need to do that. So do check also the purpose for you bringing the prophecy. You know, there, there are people, and um, I've seen them in action, who have got quite low self-esteem. And uh, it can elevate them. It makes them feel good in bringing something. And we just have to be careful that what we're bringing 
is not more for us than actually what it is for them who we're giving the word to. And a, a good uh, anchor for that is that when we're first starting out, you know, if, you, if you've not stepped out much in the, in the prophetic, you know, ask God for words that strengthen, comfort, and encourage. Because you can't go wrong with words like that because they are characteristics <coughs> of our Father. And do look to have a submissive heart with the gift of prophecy. You know, we must be humble and willing and open. Especially when it's a directional corrective. But in all prophecy, you know, if if we're not sure, we try, and I think you do, we try to encourage people to share their word first with the meeting leader. And we'll come on to weighing in in a bit. But it's just that having that submissive heart. I always get a bit of an alarm bells ring when somebody says, no, I must give this. Actually, it's a gift. And we come under the authority and the leadership of those who are leading the meeting. And that's how it should be. So uh, do look to have a submissive heart in that. Do seek to use the gift of prophecy. You know, if we're faithful with the few things, the small things, then God will give us responsibility for the larger things. We're not going to prophesy to whole denominations when actually we're not stepping out in our small group. This is where we start, and this is where we grow, and this is where our faith comes for things like that. Do bring the prophetic word, be it a scripture or picture, just as you've been given it. As I used to say on catchphrase, say it as you see it. I was going to do that in an Irish accent, but I thought I won't do that in an Irish accent because I can't do an Irish accent. But say no more and say no less than what God has given you. We were in an elders meeting in Lewis once, and um, uh, we had a gentleman um, uh, who was on part of our team who was was quite straight-laced, I would say. Um, uh, That's the best way to put it. And... God suddenly started giving me a nursery rhyme for him. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. And I don't remember And I'm thinking, Lord, I, I, I'm not going there. I'm not going to sing Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. <laughs> no, it wasn't, Nigel. No, we'll come to that in a bit. <laughs> but um, I thought, well, that's what the Lord's given me. That's what I'm going to sing. So in the middle of this uh, prayer time we were having, I sang Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall to this fella <laughs> and actually what it transpired God was saying to him is I just want to free you up a bit you know I don't want to break you so you're smashed but actually I want you to fall into me so I can break you up and release you release you a bit in in, in knowing more of the joy and the freedom that the spirit brings but uh, that's a bit of a, not an unusual one but that's all I did I sang I sang the nursery rhyme as I was given it and I think it did touch him. I don't know if it blessed him, but it did touch him. <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, just, just don't try and work it out. You know, once you're clear in your mind, just bring it as it is. Okay, do share your word with, I put a more mature person, <laughs> meaning a leader, your lead, the, the guy that's overseeing the meeting, um, you know, your small group leader. Particularly if you're unsure, because they will encourage you whether the timing or whether the word is right for now. And that's part of our being obedient in walking forward in it. 
in, in fanning the flame. But it's also a safety net for us. So that we're not going to feel deflated after we've given out. Just share it with someone who, who you trust and you know uh, has a, uh, a more maturity in that area to help you alongside that. Okay, be positive about what you've received in bringing the word. No ums and ahs. No, um, uh, I think, um, well, I'm not quite sure, but um, there may be um, somebody here who um, may be a... Uh, Bring it, as we said, as you see it, speak it as you see it, because the Holy Spirit will filter it. I quite often get my words round the wrong way. I suffer a bit with dyslexia, and sometimes people look at me thinking, you've said that round the wrong way. But I trust God, you know. It's the Holy Spirit that works anyway. We're only the mouse, the, yeah, mouse. We're only the mouthpiece. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So we have to stay humble before God. I don't know that day. It doesn't help. But we're only the mouthpiece for what he is. So, you know, be confident in Christ in what you're bringing and saying. Okay, do ask God for confirmation of the prophecy. You know, sometimes you've got some word there and actually suddenly someone's bringing a prayer along the lines. You think, oh, Lord, you might be speaking to me. And then we're singing a song that actually ties in with that. So ask God for confirmation, um, a reference. And finally, do know that God wants to use you. We saw earlier, you know, desire the gift of prophecy. That's what God is asking us to do, to desire that. And the importance that he places on that. Okay, so let's look at some don'ts and then we'll take a few questions. So don't bring anything that's not in line with the word of God. Now, that's pretty <laughs> basic, but I just want to reinforce that because that actually is our plumb line. That is what we go by. And if you're not sure whether it's in line with the word of God, that is when we go to someone else who is maybe uh, a bit more experienced and say, look, I'm not sure about this, but do you think this is fitting in, A, with God's word and in what I'm feeling? And they can guide you on that. Don't speak when your spirit is uneasy in turmoil or feels forced to speak. You know, we do need, as much as we're encouraging people to step forward in the prophetic, we do need as much to know when to not step forward as when to step forward. That, you know, we need to check our spirits as to, actually, am I in a good place? Am I actually hearing what God's saying? Should I be bringing something like this at this time? Because uh, I'm not sure if that is God because there's a lot of emotion going around in me. So, you know, we're best holding back on that. Don't rely totally on physical sensations. You know, when I, I always remember the first uh, picture that God ever gave me. And you know how he starts? It was flowers. And I thought, everyone had told me, everyone gets flowers. I thought, oh, well, I don't want flowers, Lord. But we were in a little, a little group in um, Odium, in Arnold Bell's church. And uh, it was my, I think it was my first or second hunger. And I kept getting these pictures of flowers. And I thought, but my hands were like, you know, water was pouring off of them. And, and my tummy was going like a tumble dryer. And I'm thinking, everyone says to get flowers. It can't be me. Everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> everyone's getting... But the sensation wouldn't go away. And it, I was really, I thought, I don't normally get sweaty palms. You know, but it was, and the word was for someone there. So that was my first ever now. But as I have grown with God, the sweaty palms have gone. The tummy still turns a little bit. It's on one on tumble dry. Because... <laughs> We have to 
we're looking in God's strength, not our own. If I've not no, no little tumble dry going round and round in here, I get a bit worried because actually that's me then. That's me in my own strength. That's not me relying on the Holy Spirit. But as we grow with God, we shouldn't rely on the sensations. You know, I haven't got sweaty palms, so it can't be of God. No, actually, as we're stepping out with him, the sensations will come back a bit. But when you're first stepping out, look to God. You know, are you feeling, you know, if your hands are going like this, and probably the Spirit's on you, and you probably you are bringing what God wants you to bring. Okay. Don't give a word of discipline or rebuke directly to a person. You know, that, I guess that, again, is something we probably all know, but I just wanted to reinforce, because... Um, we could have heard wrong. And actually, the word might need some pastoral wisdom putting into it and outworking and handling the situation. So again, if you feel that you've got a word of discipline or rebuke, then you should share that with your leadership, your elders, those that lead the church. And again, you leave it with them. Don't badger them. You know, have you, have you given that word? Have you sorted that? Leave it with them. They've got the wisdom and discernment. It's up to them. Then you have discharged your responsibility once you've given that to your leadership to do. Okay. Don't, don't prophesy one-on-one. What do I mean by that? Well, whenever I'm uh, praying for people prophetically, I always take someone with me. Particularly, I don't prophesy man to woman. It should be, you should have a female with you. Uh, but you should be in twos. I try to be in twos because that helps in weighing uh, that other person can help weigh a what I'm saying to that uh, to the person that's receiving, but also the person receiving is probably sometimes you know the spirits on them or they've got a thousand things going for them. They don't hear everything you say sometimes. So as it were, an individual judicator stand can, with you can hear and pick up, and then can weigh it, can confirm it or, or um, uh, give input onto it after the event has happened, as it were. So, so do always try and take someone with you. Okay. Don't prophesy about marriage or children directly to a person. And you think, oh, I, I've had cases of people that um, have done that and it causes mayhem, you know, uh, because... Uh, it can cause devastation within the people that are receiving it because quite often they are couples who are trying so badly for a baby or they are an individual who's desperately so wants to get married. You know, if God gives you something like that for a person, then again, you've got to share and leave that with your leadership. Don't go giving it to the individual because, yes, it might be of God, but that could be in God's timing. And God's timing sometimes isn't the individual's timing. And when it doesn't happen within the time frame they feel it should happen, they're devastated. And God's not a God that wants to devastate us. He wants to encourage and uplift us and build into us. Don't prophesy nice words because you want people to like you. I've had people in churches past who do that, actually, who prophesy nice words because... God has given them something one week and the next week. But we remember this is a gift that God freely gives us. But in their enthusiasm, they keep coming with nice little words. And actually, we're to grow. And we're to know that actually our security is in God, not what the words that he gives us. The, the words he gives us are only a gift. Then two more on this. I'm going to ask some questions. 
Uh, don't worry if you don't have the application or outworking of the picture or the word you feel you have. You know, <laughs> this is with poor old Nigel when I used to be with him. <laughs> I often get the word or the picture, but I don't get the application and the outworking. So this is where poor old Nigel would have to pick the pieces up once I'd shared. And given that, that he would have to actually, how are we going to outwork this now, what he's just brought? I mean, I would share it with him first, but the application, so don't think, God doesn't give us the beginning and the end lies in a nice little book. He gives us the part where to play in that. So again, you leave that to the person that's overseeing the meeting into how they want to and when they want to outwork that, (laughs) which which, if you're leading a meeting can be a blessing to have sometimes, but uh, that's the way God works. And I say often I don't get the application. On occasions I do, but often... Um, I leave it to the poor old people here that have to uh, pick up uh, it from it. And then finally, don't let the enemy put self-doubt into you. It's just me. You know, particularly when I was starting out in the prophetic and God was giving me things and my nerves were going and a tumble dry took over once or twice and I was shaking like that. And I came out of it. I didn't bring what I, I felt God had, uh, I didn't share, you know, uh, to the meeting leader. And uh, I used to come out more frustrated because, oh, Lord, I've let you down here. You know, I should have at least shared that with someone to say. And we learn. I learned to actually say and go and share it with. Now, it might not have been for them, but actually the enemy will try and put that doubt within you. I can guarantee it because he doesn't want you to be used of God, surprisingly enough. But that's the way he works. And they just wanted us to be sort of... um, uh, open to that. Don't let self doubt. So, does anyone have any questions? Um, when you were talking about how prophetic words are coming, it says through an audible voice. Mm. God usually only speaks this clearly to people who are calling to a more significant prophetic ministry. Yes. So, what do you mean by a significant prophetic ministry? What okay. The, the question was on an audible voice. Um, there are, well, this, I'm not going to the five realms of prophecy, but if you look at uh, prophecy in three simple things, there's prophecy that we are all called to uh, step out in. It's a gift that we're to desire. There's a prophetic gift or ministry. Now, they are people who receive on a regular basis prophetic words, dreams, impartations that... Uh, uh, Sometimes give more detailed information, as in directional for churches and that. And then, thirdly, you have the office of the prophet. Now, these are people who I would say, like Kerry Southey, who really are uh, moving at a level with God that we're not all called to do. And I know she would hear audible voices because that's the gifting God had given her. Um, and they regularly move in signs and wonders. Uh, so. Within prophecy, we're all called to prophesy, but there are levels of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you hear God as an audible voice, yeah. does it always mean that you can move in? No, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a gift. And if God chooses to... to uh, that's not saying in those categories those things only happen. I mean, there are people who do have heard an audible voice. 
you know, suddenly God has spoken to that. So that's not ticking a box of where you are prophetically. It's just God chooses to use you in that. The different states of that is somebody as in the office of a prophet will move in a higher level of as in signs and wonders uh, on a consistent level. So, but it's not to say that um, we won't get that. It's just normally because of where they are in their relationship with God and the gifting that God has given them, they're able to, to move in the level that, that some of us aren't. And, you know, we are made up in different parts of the body and that replies to pro- prophecy as well. So um, that's why you will get some that uh, will prophesy, some have that gift, which is more regular, and then the office of prophet. So does that help? <laughs> All right. We can talk a bit after if you want. How do you know the difference between prophecy, words of knowledge, and wisdom? Yeah, how do we know the difference between prophecy, words of knowledge, and wisdom? Right. Uh, words of knowledge. That is, uh, you know, an example I was giving you when you're looking at something, when you're looking at someone, an example of words of knowledge will come like that. Uh, if I'm looking at someone, I can get a word of knowledge. Uh, by looking at the face. Sometimes it can be an impression. You might get a pain or you might get an aching uh, that is a word of knowledge for healing. Prophecy, uh, they all come under the same umbrella really, but prophecy in a general sense is that bursting forth of words. So that would be more of an impression, pictures. Um, that's more general. A word of knowledge is actually more precise. It's honing it down as it were. It brings into that... Um, uh, uh, something gives you directly for someone. You know, it can be, as saying, healing. It can be uh, when you're praying for someone pastorally, suddenly God gives you a key that actually unlocks. It's a word of knowledge that unlocks a situation. Um, prophecy is a more uh, under that umbrella of, and what was the third thing you said? Wisdom. Well, wisdom, I would come on to wisdom. Wisdom is something we've got to have in all of them, whether it's prophecy, words of knowledge, um, Pictures, you know, we need, as James says, we need the wisdom of the Father in all of that. Wisdom and discernment, as we look at, are things that should go in hand in hand with all aspects, be it prophetic word, be it uh, words of knowledge. Uh, so it ties in with it all, really. We need the wisdom of the Father in, in when, uh, you know, in asking God, are, should we be bringing this, you know, is this of you? Does it tie in with your word? Does it tie in with your character, Lord? You know, that's wisdom. Discernment, you know, should I be bringing this now actually to this person? Because, say, timing is of importance. Maybe it's not for now. Maybe it is something that is, should be left for another time or left with someone. So, does that help? <laughs> Anyone else? No? Okay. We'll just look at uh, weighing prophecy. Uh, I'll give you some examples, actually, Jacqueline's going to come and share, of words of knowledge, that, uh, how that differs to um, a prophetic picture, okay, that sometimes get... No, not now. <laughs> We're just going to look at weighing prophecy. I haven't got a slide for this, because most of it is self-explanatory. But... Um, I would say weighing prophecy is like the anchor to prophecy because uh, the anchor in weighing should be based in the word of God and the witness of the Holy Spirit. You know, ships that don't have an anchor 
tend to drift off course. And uh, if we're off course, we're more likely to get things wrong. So in weighing prophecy, we should stay anchored in God's word and stay under the witness of the Holy Spirit. And we weigh prophecy not because we think me or you have got it wrong, but because at the end of the day, shock horror, we are all human. And uh, in the Old Testament times, prophets acted as spokesmen and the mouthpiece of God himself. Same with the apostles. And I said earlier, the uh, prophets, uh, Old Testament prophets and apostles had the authority to speak and write the very words of God straight from the mouth. Just a side note, apostles weren't called prophets because at the time that the apostles were ministering, there were many that were called prophets. Anyone that moved in the supernatural, be it a cult or whatever, used to be regarded as a prophet. So that's why the apostles tended not to call themselves prophets, so the confusion wasn't there. But if we look in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. And prophecy today involves our own words in part. Reporting things that God brings to mind. So it's God, mind, mouth. And that's why we have to weigh. Because in that God, mind, mouth, there could be 20% of God and 80% of us. But actually the 20% of God is the pure gem that God uses in people. But because it's filtering through our minds, our minds are full of emotion, feelings, and character. Hence, that's why we weigh prophecy. Because at the end of the day, we are humans, and as humans, we can get it wrong. That's why it is important to have that anchor of prophecy within us. I'm just going to do what should prophecy bring to the church and then uh, let's see if we've got any more, a few more questions, and then where you go from there. Okay, this is where I'm going to get my lovely assistant to come up here. That's you, Jacqueline, <laughs> if you didn't know. All right, prophecy should bring a picture truth of the Word of God. And uh, I want Jacqueline just to give some examples that might help in, you know, what's the difference between prophetic and um, Words of knowledge. So, would you like to just share a couple of examples, dear? Okay, when you're asking examples, and all of a sudden you can't think of any. <laughs> um, I think when I'm uh, in situations, increasingly, I'm asking God to, to give me a picture that will help to open up the, the situation to make things clearer to people. Um, and particularly in areas where um, um, I'm looking for God to, to open up, to make people more aware of where they are emotionally so that it gives you a bit of a springboard to, 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 to speak into that situation. And particularly with non-Christians, actually, because with, with non-Christians, it's, they're not thinking in Christian terms and terminology. So to actually have what you're wanting to, to say rooted into a picture that they may be able to relate to somehow opens up the situation a lot more. So um, uh, I think uh, something that I can think of currently is um, we had a had a lady who I wanted to um, she wasn't a Christian and I wanted her to be able to understand. I just had that sense of feeling that she had a very very low um, self esteem, self worth, and, and I wanted her to be able to appreciate that actually she was precious. In God's sight, but without being absolute in God's sight, it's just that she was off, off work. 
And I, I'm going to ask God for something particularly for her. I had a picture of a, of a ring um, and different facets of the ring reflecting, um, you know, it's just shone in different, different lights. Um, and as I was explaining this picture to her, I'm trying to show her that actually that's what she was like. Um, and uh, she was she was worth something, and that she had something to contribute, and that in itself was a, a bit of a stepping stone for her to open up to see sort of that she was sort of getting nowhere in our conversation, but it sort of seemed to open that up. But actually, it had turned out that she'd been given a um, through an inheritance a ring that she never felt she could wear because it was just too pretty, too beautiful, and she wasn't worthy of of wearing that. So that had sort of twofold really, because it helped to open up the situation of where I was trying to come from, but it also was significant in that, you know, it, somehow the, the light came on. Um, uh, yeah, uh, there's another situation, um, and sometimes God gives you, well, with me, he seems to give me um, a situation whereby um, I'm not, the picture is, is relevant for the person, but I'm not to bring that picture to the person. It just gives me an indication of more questions to ask and to open up the situation. So um, some years back, I we, uh, went with Nigel to a church um, for, for a Holy Spirit and Word Day. And I was trying to get the ladies to, uh, to um, be filled with the Spirit. And as, as we were going around, the group. I came to, to one particular person and it was a physical, um, I almost feel a brick wall, came across a brick wall and there was um, a real sense of oppression and darkness and I couldn't carry on, I couldn't carry on anymore so I just sort of moved around, prayed for a few other ladies and then there was a young girl and the same thing happened, it's very similar, um, very visual, brick wall, dark, um, you know, very oppressive, cold and um, and again, I couldn't, the very same for the, the, the two people, and, um, and they, they didn't actually, nothing happened with them. And, um, this was my first sort of experience of this type of thing. And afterwards, I'd learned that um, this was a mother and a daughter who had, um, had their, their husband and the father had just died. And it was, it was grief, I think, manifesting itself. Um, and I couldn't actually um, sort of minister into that situation. Well, subsequently, um, I've come up against those situations and exactly the same picture, the same sensation has, has occurred. And I wouldn't say that every time uh, that picture is there for me to say, well, I see this before and I see, you know, that, but for me it was an indication that actually there may be something similar, there may be a grief situation that I need to speak into and need to sort of explore a little bit more. And mm -hmm. um, not every time has that been the case. And in fact, actually, at the moment, I work a lot in a situation where there is a lot of grief, and that doesn't happen. I don't get that, and I wouldn't expect to get that. But I think it's just an indication, really, that um, being open to, um, to this sort of thing, and not saying it's a definite, this is what will happen every time, but because I'm aware of that was what, how it was in that, in that particular situation, when I get that feeling or get that picture, to, to use it to, to ask more questions rather than to use it as a picture to bring to that person. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that uh, um, going back to that, the word of knowledge and, and the prophetic, you know, sometimes we, we, get, we can get so wrapped up in what it is, actually we don't bring it at all because we think, now is this a word of knowledge or is this a prophetic word? Or is, and actually, just be obedient and bring what God has given to you. But word of knowledge will quite often just bring that sharp directional input into someone's life. You know, it'll, God will just hone in on that one spot that he wants you to... Um, 
which is revelation, you know, that, that word of knowledge that you could not perceive in your own mind of that pain, that opening that can be brought. Can you share yes. And God is gracious that he didn't reveal the murder and the, uh, everything else <laughs> to Jacqueline, but just the red rose. So that, it's, it's, quite, it's quite helpful sometimes. <laughs> he, he does understand how much we can take, you know, or can't take at the time. So, so that's a picture, well, picture truth of the word of God. Well, what else should it bring to the church? Well, it should bring things that strengthen, uh, encourage and comfort it should also bring grace, peace, healing, and hope. You know, these are all the characteristics of God. So if, if you are feeling you're getting something that doesn't tie in with these, then you, you are best just to let it go. But it should have, it should, the two are not separated from God. You know, at the end of the day, it is to give him the glory. So they should tie in together with that, with him. It can also bring how God wants us to pray to him. You know, we're in prayer meetings quite often. We get people that give us prophetic direction in, in through a word, a picture, a scripture that God is bringing to life that, you know, this is how we should be praying. This is where we need to be going uh, as a church. It does bring guidance for the church and its leaders. You know, it's... Uh, Something God highly uh, treasures because it comes straight after apostles. It says first apostles, second prophets. And God uses uh, um, those with the prophetic gift to be his mouthpiece, particularly in a leadership context, to, to bring um, direction. Now again, those sort of things are not to be brought in a general uh, meeting because obviously directional, again, as we said earlier, uh, that's something that the leaders have to pray and weigh and uh, uh, move out in. And it does bring warning, correction and rebuke to the church. And again, as I've said, that's something, it's not new. Nathan did that with David. Uh, God revealed to him what David had done. And, uh, you know, David repented of that. 
but it's something that should be shared with the leaders, but it's something that comes under leaders. But I just want to mention um, Kerry again in the way I've, I've never seen someone move uh, in this area, particularly in warning, correction, rebuking, in the way that she did. Because we would pray with her, being leaders, that's um, under the authority again, and uh, she could actually bring a word to someone which sometimes was a warning, sometimes was a correction, sometimes was a rebuke, but she brought it in such a way that obviously we as leaders knew their, that person's situation, and the person obviously knew where they were, but to others around, it just sounded like she was bringing a prophetic word to someone, a, a word that didn't actually reveal the detail of what God was challenging that person with. And um, I just used to marvel at the, the grace of God, actually, in the way that he didn't destroy a person that was in front of them, actually. He broke through into them and brought light into dark situations that was just for them. And there'd be other people around sort of praying and, and not knowing what was going on. So, you know, when we do that in bringing that to leadership or when we see people moving that, that must again come in the love and the grace of God. So do we have any questions from, or any questions from that? Don't worry if it's not. <laughs> okay. And we're doing okay. I want us to um, look in this last section before we're going to, um, I'm going to pray actually. And then, um, but this is the bit, uh, I just want to talk around Mike, Mark Stibby, as prophetic evangelism book. Um, I've asked if we don't um, uh, record this uh, part, but this is just a, uh, I do really, uh, by the way, this isn't a bookshop. Uh, um, this is only books that I've brought that have really, um, God has used uh, uh, those to sort of help me develop in the prayer. But uh, there is a listing in your, um, uh, in your handout that has these books on. But this is one book that I would really encourage you to get if you, if you haven't got it and haven't read it, it's Mark Stibby, Prophetic Evangelism, When God Speaks to Those Who Don't Know Him. And uh, uh, it is a book that I feel such a, a babe with. So um, I just want to share some things in regards to that. 